Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason for this podcast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, The Surf Continuum. And today, I'm on the phone with my new friend, Flavio, who is on surf trip in Peru. Yo, Flavio, good to get you on the line here. Um, Thanks for reaching out, and I think I speak for everyone when I say we appreciate your humility and uh, willingness to tell some of your stories. We got one hell of a list of stories here. But uh, before we get to that, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you learned to surf, where, so on and so forth. Yeah, so I'm actually uh, I'm actually from Venezuela, but I live in Italy. I've been living in Italy for 10 years. And um, I started surfing not, not long ago, actually. I think it's been like a year and a half or probably two years tops. Um, when I actually started like considering this, like a, like a thing I wanted to do. Uh, but before that, like, like three or four months before I actually started considering surfing like a good sport for me. I, I went to South Africa and I was in Cape Town with a friend of mine. And well, this guy, like he, he went to South Africa. We were both there for a conference. Um, and, and he said like, I'm going to stay longer. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm actually going to join you there and just tag along with you and your girlfriend. Like, you know, <laughs> like the guy, like, <laughs> like the guy that no couple wants to have around. Well, that, that was me. Uh, <laughs> so we were driving around and they said like, we actually booked some surfing lessons and we're going to take them. We've done surfing before and we want to surf here in Cape town. I was like, yeah, sure. Why, you know, I'm here. Like, I guess I'm going to do whatever you guys do. And, yeah, yeah. and so, you know, they had this, um, this lesson booked with this guy and I was like, well, you know, I guess I'm going to take the lesson with the same guy. They had done surfing already before a couple of times. I had never done surfing before. Um, so went there the guy gives me a wetsuit and he he gives me uh the board it was i don't think it it, it wasn't even a softboard actually it was a hardboard straight there like he just gave it to me and, first day yeah and he was like you know like this is your first time surfing you know he explained kind of like the two basic things you, that you would explain to anyone we were on the beach and he was like put the board down like this is how you pop up and then he looked at me and says like well you know like that's the wetsuit that is the board that is the ocean. Just follow me. And he didn't say anything else. <laughs> so the three of us went in the water. Uh, these two other friends of mine, they kind of like were keeping up with him. I was completely lost. Like the water was there. Like, the ocean was doing with me whatever they wanted. Like It was pushing me everywhere. And I was trying to keep up like completely breathless. I had no strength in my arms. Like I was really trying to keep up and just like no idea how to catch a wave end up in the inside, pushed out of the water. Um, and then I said, like, fuck it, I want to I wanna go in again. I want to do it. And I was like, <laughs> I started paddling back, but I started paddling straight into the white water. So no idea how to deal with that, no idea how to jump across the white water. And then there's mm-hmm. this guy at the beach that is looking at me. He's laughing his ass off. And then once <laughs> I just give up and get to the beach, the guy looks at me and is like, man, you just got to go around. <laughs> I just go to the left. <laughs> paddle around the wave and then you're gonna make it there oh man i was so tired that day so frustrated it was like yeah 
I mean, for the first lesson, it was I, I like I I actually don't consider that a lesson. Like the guy just pointed at the board, said like, you know, that's the ocean. Get in the water and try to catch away. Like, I had no idea how to do that. And oh my god! Yeah, on that same tree, basically, we went to another town, rented a board, got in the water again caught my feet like there were so many rocks under the water like caught my feet so bad i was like oh. i don't even know what i'm doing this i don't have, I have no idea what i'm doing and then flew back to italy stayed there waited for a couple of months and then found out that there was actually surfing in italy in some of the beaches around the area and you know found some people that are that were going down and then started to go with them and learning from them a little bit took another couple of lessons in other places and yeah that's how i started but the first my first experience with surfing was so miserable and so frustrating that i don't know how i'm still surfing these days yeah that's so funny you say that because i think i think most people actually feel that way you know um your first time surfing i mean for me the way i started surfing i was a grom i just knew i wanted to surf because it looked pretty cool and somebody that i really looked up to started surfing so i was like yeah i gotta surf too but I don't think I caught a wave for like a year, you know, yeah. like I was just this little kid with no idea what to do, trying to lay on my board and paddle the thing into waves and with very little clue. So, you know, you're not the only one that feels that way, but, um, you know, we all look back on it and wonder, you know, why we kept surfing. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to ask about that first spot you surfed. It was so it was like a point break because the guy told you to go around to the left. Uh, it was... It was not really a point break. It was a big beach break. And mm -hmm. the sand bottom was like where the waves were forming. It was, you know, like in that specific area. But there's there was like a channel on the side that you could take. Mm -hmm. now, I mean, now, like, I should, pro I should probably go back to that spot and give it another try. Yeah, you should. <laughs> uh, the area is called Table View in, in Cape Town. We then moved to Musenberg and stayed in Musenberg, which is a beach break too. And it's so easy for beginners. Like had I known that, <laughs> I would have gone right. there like straight there and get like a proper lesson from someone. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the funny thing about surfing and well, anything in life, knowledge is power. You know, when you know, you, uh, you, you can do so much better, but that's yeah. the thing about being a beginner. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So now, all right, so you're getting on your way with surfing back in Italy, that, which is pretty cool, actually. I want to know a little bit more about the surf scene in Italy. What, what part of Italy are you, are you in? Um, I, I live in Lake Como, which is not really on the, on the seaside. Uh, but mm -hmm. I, every time I, I want to surf, I have to drive at least for three hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> to, yeah, to get to the beach and then three hours back home. Um, Jeez. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not ideal. And I mean, surfing in Italy, it only happens during winter or mostly happen, but happens during winter. Um, there's mm -hmm. no ocean. It is a sea. We, I surf mostly on the Mediterranean Sea. And mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a good portion of the coast um, around where, uh, well, I don't know how familiar you are with the uh, Italian geography, but if you look at the map, there's Genova. Uh, in, in the map and mm -hmm. the coast around Genova on the right side and also on the left side which would be going down south basically looking at the sea mm -hmm. all that coast gets some nice swells from from time to time during winter um the 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 most difficult part I guess it's not even the drive there but the fact that it's so hard to actually have good you know forecast about what the surf is going to be like sometimes right. you know the forecast says it's going to be awesome you know and and then you drive down for three hours and it's just crap it's just flat like <laughs> oh. you're know, super windy <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know we we like we always i think the 
most period we get is actually like six seconds. Like we don't ever get more than six seconds, uh, six seconds periods. Uh, so right. Well, a it's lot a very small diving. sea. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of duck diving. We depend heavily on there not being basically any wind. If there's wind, mm. we just like pray to the gods that it is offshore. Otherwise, it's gonna be horrible. Mm. And yeah, we we got we got a gouge between like several different uh, you know forecast apps and and kind of like understand and and see if we actually want to drive down. And right, right. These are these are all the bad parts actually. And I guess another bad part is like the waves are the waves sometimes are nice and kind of long but long for us is like two or three seconds on the wave there's not much you can do on the wave (laughs) (laughs) and but not many times it's like that so sometimes you just go down for the various like the various takeoffs and i just kind of like one maneuver and then you're off the wave and coming back out um well i can really appreciate that because you know like it's kind of similar for us in new york this is where i grew up and now fortunately i get to travel and and surf better waves but we have kind of a similar setup i I guess a little bit more frequently than you would in the mediterranean sea the atlantic ocean gets some longer period swell but not really you know we're 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 focusing on takeoffs and one maneuvers and closeout sections so i definitely understand where you're coming from yeah definitely it's fun because i went to I spent a month in Portugal recently and I was talking to one of the guys in the shop and he was like, nah, I don't get in the water if the period is, is under, like if the period is under 10 seconds. And I was like, dude, Jeez. what? Yeah. <laughs> Spoiled like, surfers. Six seconds is golden for me. I was just like, I will be right there. <laughs> well, you know, what's one thing to look at? I just, I just want you to have this one piece in your mind is that, uh, you know, different, different bathymetry, the bottom of the ocean is good for different periods of swell, you right, know, and yeah. well, well, Portugal would definitely benefit from a longer period because of their bathymetry. I would imagine that there's got to be something around your area, some bottom that, that has the right bathymetry for the period of swell, which I'm sure you guys and your crew has kind of tuned it in, you know, cause a short period swell over on Portugal really would be pretty poor, you know, especially six seconds short. Um, but you know, with the right bathymetry paired with the right, uh, period of swell, you you, like, cause what I'm trying to say is like, we get outstanding waves sometimes when it's only six, seven, eight seconds period. And that's just because we know which sandbars suit that period, you know? So it's just one, one good little piece of, uh, information for everybody listening out there. Right. So it's a, it's a combination between the size of the swell and the period of the swell. And, you know, of course, like the, the spot, um, yeah, and you how know, it interacts things, with the bottom. Yeah, those three things put together, they, you kind of know what kind of wave it's going to produce. And But I don't think Portugal ever gets um, anything less than nine seconds, honestly. Skipping. Yeah, well, local local winds, I'm sure, created. But yeah, nothing significant. Yeah. But uh, all right, so let's get to some funny stuff. You got quite a list here that I'd like to, to hear you uh, talk from. Why don't you pick one of your favorite stories from there and, and let it rip? Right, sure. Um, well, one that is... Uh, Oh man, they're all funny. Okay, let's let's go with the wax one because that also happened in in South Africa, the second year that I went there. Uh, so all after right, this first time in South Africa, I decided that I wanted to go back. Same conference, but I also wanted to go back to surf. And I was like, I'm just gonna stay longer. I'm gonna buy my first board, um, and <laughs> I'm gonna practice as much as I can. And I and I did that. I went to Munzenberg. I stayed in Munzenberg again, and so bought my board, bought the wax. Um, put the wax on and the guy from the the guy from the surf house and 
And this was like, I went out like this, like put the wax on, went out, like try to surf a little bit and catch something. And then I went back. And the day after the guy from the surf house, he comes around and says, looks, looks at my board without saying anything, makes a face and says like, that wax has to be redone entirely. And I was like, why? What's wrong with me with my waxing? I was like, how did you put the wax on? Well, I got the wax and I kind of like did this and that. And he was like, and did you put the base on? And I was like, what's a base? I don't know what you're talking about. So I was basically <laughs> waxing my board and I had I didn't put the base on. So the wax was all like, it was a single layer. It had no form whatsoever. It was just like sticking all around. And like it had bumps on it. It was horrible. I took actually a picture of it and it was horrible. I was like, God. <laughs> and I didn't even Google, like I kind of Google, you know, what kind of shapes people do on the board because I wanted it to look cool. And I was like, <laughs> it just didn't come out right. That was That was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. We actually, uh, me and Coach Evan, we did a uh, uh, an episode uh, on like some misconceptions or actually now I'm forgetting where we did it, but Ev was talking about using the base coat and that was actually something that I didn't do either for like almost all of my surfing life. I just put, you know, uh, and, and I live in New York, so cold water wax straight onto the surfboard. I'd have these black smeared wax jobs. You know, they looked awful they look terrible and then finally like you know one day i think i noticed you know my buddy ev's got this beautiful wax all the time or we had traded surfboards and i was like wow this is outstanding wax job and he's the one that enlightened me to the fact that you got to put the base coat down first yeah <laughs> but it's surprising to me you know you still learn these little things as you go, and this is like 20 years into my surfing, I finally right. figure out how to wax my board. And you don't notice how useful it is until you actually do it. Like that time I had put it on and, you know, some parts wouldn't like the wax wouldn't stick to the board. And was, so I would just put extra pressure on it and it just like create this massive patch that was horrible black, <laughs> super full of sand and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> So uh, and what about what about some uh, some surf? You t- you talked earlier about uh, t- you've taken some lessons and uh, around the world. It sounds like you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I've I've taken I've taken surf lessons a little bit um, all over the place. Like every time I go to a new place, and I I'm, I still consider myself a cook. Like I'm I'm still having some troubles uh, with writing shortboards. Honestly, so I've like taken up some some of the shortboards, and, and depending on the wave, I, I might still have some troubles there. So I, mm-hmm. every time I go to a new place, I try to get some some lessons from the locals, and you know because they know the spot, they they also have different tricks and tips, and like, you know, like there's so many different things that you need to know to surf properly, and everyone sure. has their own tricks. So I like to kind of like dig into these experts' minds and kind of like get their own insights on how they're surfing, you know, what things they sure, like to sure. do, and kind of like incorporate them a little bit into my into my repertoire, I guess, of things that I need to keep in mind. Mm. And, and yeah, so right now I'm actually in Peru and, and I took a lesson <clears throat> the other day. And this guy is, this guy is a prize. Uh, there's actually a, a competition coming up now. Uh, it's the WSL QS 3000 and it's going to happen oh, cool. right here. And this guy is gonna is gonna compete there. And it's so cool that I kind of had a, the opportunity to meet him. And he's just like, yeah, sure. I can give you some lessons. So we went out. And of course, like he's a pro, he can catch anything. So I was having, I was having trouble with some of the waves, and and at some point, well, you know, fix a couple of things, caught uh, like a couple of waves, and then I was paddling back out where he was waiting for me on the lineup, 
and I was getting into the lineup and it looks at me and it's like, hey, there's another wave coming. Turn back and just like paddle for it. I was like, dude, what the fuck? I'm tired. <laughs> you know, I've been paddling for hours. I can get it. He looks at me very disappointed, turns around, <laughs> catches the wave without even paddling. And then, you know, does like three or four maneuvers, comes back and is like, that's how you catch it without paddling. I was like, you sucker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, like, that's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But, you know, yeah. Like you said, though, like you said, you know, it's local knowledge, too. You know, he knows how that wave's coming in and shaping up. He can totally. see that the position you guys are in is just exactly perfect. You don't even have to move. He's just going to, like, tuck his tail into the water just at the perfect timing and then lean forward into paddling position as the wave lifts him. But, uh, yeah, it's just funny when – that's actually happened to me, my, you know, too, where – Someone's like, no, I, I can't catch it. And it's like, oh my, but we're in perfect position. You don't even have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens to me actually many times. Yeah. And this guy was like, but he was, he did it in a funny way. Actually, he was not really trying to make me feel bad. Uh, we've, right. We've, we've been out already a couple of nights and like, you know, having a couple of drinks and stuff. Like it was, like, and, but it was, it was so fun to just see him like looking at me and turning around, like not even paddling, catching the wave, making yeah, maneuvers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was a like he was he was actually a very good uh, teacher. I really learned a lot from him. And the past what's uh, what's his name? Um, his name is Stefano Messina. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. I gotta I gotta check him out. I'm gonna watch for him in the contest. Yeah, yeah, totally, absolutely. Um, we'll be down there cheering for him. Um, but he was uh, he's actually a good teacher because he was one of the things I've I've found that most teachers have have you know struggled with. I guess is. It's actually not catching waves while teaching people, <laughs> and ah. yeah, I've been, I've been, you know, I, I've traveled a lot with my with my girlfriend to these like surf trips, and I've never been able to actually teach her anything because every time I put my feet in the water, I'm out like I'm just paddling out. I cannot pay attention to anyone. Like I want to be <laughs> one with the ocean and all that. And yeah, yeah. And I totally understand, like, I've had teachers saying, like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm going to teach you stuff. And, you know, we paddle out and then they're just, like, surfing and catching every wave. And you're like, dude, like, you're supposed to tell me things. Like, you're supposed to tell me what I'm doing wrong. And the guy is just, like, surfing and surfing and surfing. And I was scared that this was going to be one of those cases because the conditions were good. He's going to compete. And I was like, the guy might be, the guy maybe just want to train kind of thing. No, mm -hmm. he stayed right there next to me, sitting on his board, telling me the things that I was doing wrong. It was amazing. I learned a lot. Oh, excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, so that's, that's, that sounds like you have, uh, there might be a good story in there somewhere. Are you trying to teach your girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, no, I actually didn't. So I've, I've, like, <laughs> I was very clear. Like she was like, I might give it a try. I was like, all right, but let's, let's try to pay a lesson for you. I'll, you know, we'll get someone that would actually be there with you because you know, as soon as I put my feet and, and I've done this with friends too, they're like, dude, you should teach me how to surf. And it's like, man, you know, I love you, but no, you know, as soon as I put my feet in the water, I'm gone. You know, I'm out in the lineup. Like, you, there's no oh, way I'm going to so be funny. able to focus. Yeah. Well, you know, that's funny. I have the opposite problem. So my girl, we would like to, uh, you know, she's, she's not like, she doesn't want to go out in every single condition possible. She has some particular needs, you know, sandy bottom and gentle right. waves, which I totally understand. But, uh, but for me, the opposite problem is that when we get out in the water, all of a sudden, 
I'm no longer the expert surf instructor. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm trying to teach her and I'm trying to be very patient, but you know, it's hard to teach someone that just doesn't think that you're qualified. Right, right, I'm, right, right. I'm kidding, of course, you know, she knows that, but it's just, you know, trying to teach your significant other how to surf, it's, uh, well, it's it's a different challenge in itself. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. There's a, there's a mixed feeling in there. Like you want to teach them, you want the best for them, but you also kind of have some extra expectations and yeah. yeah really hard <laughs> oh that's good um all right so now i'm just looking over your notes again i'm sorry and i just really want to hear some of these other stories sure. can, can you tell me about the wetsuit uh oh man <laughs> that one jeez all right that was that was right after my first time surfing in south africa i went back to italy i waited a couple of months until i was actually able to go down and and a surf session so i go down uh, to one of the spots that had a, you know, one of the stores where I could rent a board and rent a wetsuit. And <clears throat> so I go down, rent a board, rent a wetsuit. Uh, you know, it was one of those wetsuits that have some feather inside too. And, and, you know, they're warm inside and they look mm-hmm. just as nice as the outside. So <laughs> I just put it on and, you know, started walking towards the beach. And, you know, I was going to start stretching a little bit and all that. And as I was going to do that, some dude comes by and says, like, man, you have the wetsuit inside out. I was like, oh, (laughs) shit. (laughs) Now, how did you get it zippered up if it was inside out? No, it's one of those, like, the ones that have the hood on. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, actually. I was still, like, warming up. I I haven't, you know, hadn't still closed everything, the zipped and everything. Oh, you hadn't so, gotten to that part yet. No, I hadn't. No, I hadn't gone through that part. So I didn't really know. And I was about uh, to do that and probably find out by myself, which was less embarrassing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this guy shows up and says, like, man, you have the wetsuit inside out. It's like, oh, shit. And the guy, like, you know how I know that? Because I did it as well. I was like, oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, well, that was nice of him. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. But, like, I'm pretty sure he didn't come out of the store with that wetsuit inside out. He probably realized it before coming out. So I was there. I was still warming up. Like, so the inside of my wetsuit was full of sand already. So that was also painful <laughs> to put on. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. And there's no there's no real way to clean it off because if you get it wet, then you have a whole new kooky moment of trying to put on a wet wetsuit, which is a, exactly a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, thankfully enough, I was I, I just try to shake it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the only way. But um, I think everybody's got a story like that, you know, uh, inside out wetsuit. My, I always wondered though. I see it every year. Someone's got their wetsuit on inside out or backwards or both, and. Uh, I just can never understand how they continue to try and zip because I've seen them fully zipped up and ready to go. I don't get how they don't realize that why, you know, shouldn't this be designed better? Why would the zipper be against my chest on the inside, you know? (laughs) But, you know, when you're just doing something new, I I can totally understand it when I think back to the new things I've done, you know, like cross-country skiing or something like that, where everything is so new and you're so overwhelmed with all these new feelings and stimulus and, and, and gear that, you know, you just, you make these ridiculous mistakes that in a couple of minutes or, or maybe a day later becomes so obvious and you can't believe you made Right. And the equipment is so different. Like there's like, even on the wet, so like there are a couple of things that you probably don't know what they're for, like the, the key pocket or, you know, all the, Oh yeah. I never use that. Yeah, I never use it, but some people would just like wonder, you know, what is this for? And then you see someone putting the keys in there and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, a key pocket. Yeah, a key, of course. Like, why did I think of that? Why have 
I've been hiding my car keys under the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, what, so what kind of surfboards are you surfing nowadays? Uh, or what did you start with and then where have you gone to? Right. I have a, so the first one that I bought in, in South Africa is an, is an eight foot and it's really, um, it's actually quite heavy. It's, it's a local brand. It's called Magic Shot. It's great for beginners. It's got a lot of volume. It's very, it's got a lot of buoyancy. So it was, it was perfect to learn a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't stick to that one for so too long, actually. And then <clears throat> I kind of regret it, honestly, because it would have allowed me to learn more about, you know, setting the rail and sticking on the, on the, to the wall of the wave and kind of thing. But sure. since I have to drive for three hours in Italy to get to the beach, and it's normally not only me, but other people too, to just like make the trip cheaper. Mm -hmm. uh, that longboard actually occupied a lot of space in the car. Uh, right, so right. I was kind of like forced to go down. Uh, so I ended up buying, um, a six, nine, which I didn't like a lot. It was really hard for me. So I, if I went even shorter than that. So right now I have, I have a six, three is, a is an old Merrick, the whip. Mm -hmm. And I really like that one. And is that 33 liters. And then I also have uh, the other one that I like, and I use quite a bit is, is a fish is like a Zuma fish is one of those Hawaiian brands. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's a six O, but it's got more volume to it. It's I think it doesn't have it written there, but it's you know, it's the width is quite big. Um I think it's like Yeah, you can just 36. you can just tell when you lay on it, you know. Yeah, yeah, you can tell when you lay on it is 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 wider than than the other one. I think it's around thirty-six to thirty-seven liters, which is great. I, I really appreciate that because I I, I wanna have fun. I wanna catch away, I wanna be on the wall, I wanna, you know, practice other stuff. So I don't wanna be struggling. Right on. Yeah, of course, of course. And, and that's kind of a discovery I've made recently. Like I grew up, you know, shortboarding and it was like when you're a kid, it's like it's not very cool to ride anything bigger than a potato chip surfboard, you know? Yeah. So there's there's many years of my surfing I spent on technically what I would call right now the wrong board for the conditions I was trying to surf. And when I discovered boards of longer, more volume and longer length, I was like it was like rediscovering surfing. All of a sudden, that like perfect one to two foot wave looks so fun compared with, you know, when I used to ride that old equipment. Well, I still do, but in the right waves. But you know, when I only had that board at my disposal, I'd look at those perfect one to two foot waves and be like, oh man, I, sh I wish it could be bigger. Yeah. So you yeah, know, yeah. using the right board is like choosing the right tool for a job you have to do. You know, you don't try to hammer a nail with a screwdriver. Right. And exactly. That's the way exactly. I look at it. And you gotta choose the board based on not only on the conditions, but also based on yourself and your height and your weight. Like I'm 1.84 totally. meters and I'm 79 kilos, and and like if I if I get something that is 27 liters, it's I'm just I might get it going, but I'm gonna struggle more than I'm gonna have fun. So I don't really want that. Sure, sure. We yeah, there was a big there's a big time in surfing where, you know, maybe through the 90s and even early 2000s where people were surfing boards that they saw professional surfers riding you know and and it's like you look at them and you think okay that's how i want to surf so i have to ride that equipment and it really led a lot of surfers astray for a long time and i think only just recently finally are people starting to realize like oh okay i want more volume i'm not a pro surfer on like 
the best waves in the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, it, it's truly a skill what those guys do. And, and I have I have some friends who do still surf, you know, those little boards and they ride them in little waves. And it's honestly one of the most impressive things because you now you, you and I both recognize how difficult it is to do. So when you see somebody shredding a tiny little wave on a, on a little surfboard, that's like, that's really impressive, but it's just not how hard I want to work when I go surfing. That's all. Exactly. Exactly. Like this is, this is not my daily job. This is not, you know, I, I, don't, right. gotta, I don't have to be up for a surfer. I just want to have fun. And I just want to cruise and like not yeah. jump and hop all over the place and enjoy the wave. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which actually brings me to something that happened to me in, in, in Peru now. Like um, I got here, I didn't bring my board because it's it actually my first time in Peru. So we're after, after a surf trip, we're going to do all the touristic stuff. So I didn't want to bring mm -hmm. my board and then have to carry it to Machu Picchu, basically. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I decided I would just come here and buy one of those secondhand boards. And I went to the store and I bought this board that is, is definitely too hard for me. It's, you know, the volume is not right. It is too thin. And, mm -hmm. but I, like, when I got it, when I was in the store and I got it, like, it felt right. Like, I put it on my chest, you know, trying to measure it a little bit, trying to see myself in the water. And it's like, it feels right. Like, the volume seems okay. It looks very similar to the old Merrick I have at home. It is a 6.4, so the length was pretty much the same. And, but then I got in the water and it's like, I was really struggling to get the waves. Mm -hmm. And one of the days, I was, you know, struggling in the water, struggling in the water. And one of the locals, he looks at me. I was like, how's it going with that little board? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, is, is it that obvious that I'm struggling with this board? <laughs> oh, man. Like, I was, I was in firefighter mode all the time. You know, like when you're trying to catch a wave and you start kicking around, like, you know, splashing everywhere. Trying yeah, to yeah, catch yeah. A freaking wave. It's like, you're tired, but you're committed to actually, I mean, to at least get one good ride. And you're yeah, like yeah. just doing all you can to catch the wave and the wave just goes by under you and you're not able to do it. And the guy was like, how's it going with that little board? Looks a little bit too small for you. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, you know it's bad if one of the locals is sparking up a conversation based on your board choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I think it is time for me to change the board. And I ended up changing it, actually. But I was like, oh, shit. You know, one another quick moment to add to my list. But he was nice. Like he he was he was very friendly. Actually, he started giving me some some tips on the waves because the spot is it's not a difficult spot, but you know, it's one of those spots that there's a lot of water here, and the waves mm -hmm. the waves here in Peru they carry a lot of water, so the paddling is a little bit different. Sometimes you know, there's you know when uh, you think you are in the wave, but then some extra water comes out of it, and then you're again not in the wave. So mm -hmm. there's some mm -hmm. local tips and tricks that you need to know. And so he started like sharing some of them, but then he said like, you know, if you can't change the board, you should totally get a, you know, board with more volume. That's going to help you a lot here. And I was like, all right. Yeah. 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 That. Well, that was friendly of him. You guys. Yeah. Uh, so down there in, in Peru, you should be transitioning into winter. And, and are you starting to see some South Southern ocean swells or, or yeah. how's, how's the surf? Yeah, we've gotten, well, today there's another Northern one coming and and it's gonna it's gonna be epic actually but uh most of most of the swells we've been surfing uh in the last week uh come from the south actually yeah yeah and it's good because i'm uh the place where i'm at is the, the town is called Punta Hermosa. it's very close to lima mm -hmm. <laughs> and and the spots 
that are at walking distance from me, they are um, they're mostly they mostly benefit from southern swells. So that's actually that's actually pretty nice. But it's awesome because like today, like this morning, I went out and and there were waves, but you know there were not like perfect waves that kind of thing. But that is basically mm -hmm. flat here. You know, for right. them, for them, flat means there are waves, but they're not nice. And then yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. from there, you just it just it can just get better, which is amazing. Wow. Yeah, that is amazing. It always it always just fascinates me to travel to places like that where their exposure, their positioning in the world, you know, is just all promoting swell. You know, the, the Southern Ocean is way more powerful and it has much less land mass obstructing it. So storms can really circulate the bottom of the globe and just yeah. build up swell. So even even if there's a tiny little pulse thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away, there's there's so little in the way of that that's energy getting to the the uh, west coast of South America, yeah, whereas absolutely. like up in the northern hemisphere, you know, like you have America, you have Europe, you have Russia, you, you have so much land mass. So there's not as much, you know, open ocean. Uh, you know, the North Pacific is obviously very huge and, and has a lot of a lot of energy. But yeah, the Atlantic, man, it's it's can be poor. Uh, at times, but yeah. you know, at least you're on the right side. Well, I guess you're in the Mediterranean Sea, right, in Italy, so you don't really see any of that Atlantic swell. Does any nothing can get in there? Does it? Does no, any Atlantic nothing. swell get into the Mediterranean? No, nothing, right? Nothing. So, so after after some struggling with uh, the Italian swells and the surfing in Italy, we, uh, me and one of my friends, we sat down and did, did the math. You know, how much it, how much does it actually cost us to drive down and and for, uh, for one of these poor surf sessions that we have here. And yeah. we found out that actually for us it's actually cheaper to fly to Portugal, surf there for a week and fly back than doing a weekend down in, in Italy and trying to oh, you know wow. get in a session there. Yeah, yeah. Highways and, and gas is pretty expensive in Europe. Um Yeah, yeah, it is. Right. Well that that's that's some good math you figured out there to to make sure you're not only saving some money but scoring because Portugal yeah, is probably worlds better <laughs> than man, the, uh, the, the Mediterranean of the waves there is Wow. Where do you surf in Portugal? Where do you aim to be? Um, so the first time I went, I went to Peniche. And um, the conditions were actually, they were good, but it was massive. Um, I went in the water anyways. The waves were, well, you know how it goes. Uh, everyone has their own measurement. But I mean, the forecast app said the waves were four meters, um, which was really scary for me. But I went in the water anyway. Didn't really catch anyway. But it, I learned a lot about how to be, you know, in the ocean where I should be. You know, what I should do in such conditions. Uh, had never surfed in or gotten in the water with such conditions. So it was it was really great for me to actually learn how to behave in the ocean when the conditions are that uh, like that. But then I moved down to the Algarve area, so that's the southern area of Portugal, and they get swells uh, from the south and also the west. Um, so they're kind of blessed as well. They, they can surf all year long and I stayed there for a month. So mostly surfing on the West side, which is the one that was getting, uh, the best swells, uh, but also along the Southern side of, of the Garbe area is pretty nice, but it's like you in, in 15 minutes, you are in a different spot. So they're very blessed down there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing that's nice is the, like the coastal variation they have you know, allows you to kind of find a spot that's uh, work with the wind on hand, you know? Yeah. Whereas like some straight, you know, straight coastline, if the wind's wrong, then you're kind of out of luck, you know? So that's another like benefit to having a, a place like Portugal uh, yeah. your, on your map. 
But uh, so, Flavio, you have anything else to add that you, you know you'd like to say before we take off? Uh, well, yeah, I guess you know for all the surfers out there and all people feeling that they're cooks and you know we're all cooks and it is it is <laughs> an amazing sport. It is really frustrating, but you know when you get that one wave and the feeling you get out of it, that is all worth it. So. You know, keep on it. Well said. Don't, yep. don't ever give up. Right on, right on. Well said. And uh, if everybody out there, if you're not subscribed to the KookCast, you're kooking. Get on iTunes or Spotify or what's that one you listen to, Flavio? How you found it? Uh, Castbox. I, Castbox. I'm a, yeah, I'm an Android user, so Castbox is, is one of the apps that you can find on the Play Store. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't even know we were on there, but we are. So you can get on there and leave a review and subscribe. We appreciate all your support. And Flavio, it was really great talking to you and getting to know you a little bit more. Yeah, totally. It was very nice to be here. And if I'm ever in New York, I'll ping you um, so that we can drink something together. Uh, absolutely. I'd love to share a beer with you. All right. All right. Have a good one, Flavio. Talk to you soon. Woo! Yeah.